0: I got just a little bit stunned when I got to thinking about this Sunday um, because this year I it's been a year that I have went through series after series on nearly every Sunday morning and then I'm like it dawned over somewhere in the middle of the week like hey I'm not doing a series this Sunday what in the world so um, so I, I just begin to think and pray and ask the Lord to help me and and uh, decide exactly which direction he wanted uh, we to go today with this. Um, next year is probably we're gonna continue to do some series on Sunday mornings. And um, we've done. I've done a bad job this year with getting stuff on the uh, the podcast. I'm gonna try to be better with that in the coming year for those that uh, are not able to make it on Sundays or. If you wanted to share it on social media and let people know it's like, hey, this is what we're doing at our church. I Hope to do better with that. <clears throat> but um, I'll talk about maybe some of that a little bit today because you alluded to some of what I'm gonna say today. But let's read this scripture together together today in Joshua chapter one and verse one and two. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. It came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua the son of Nun, Moses, minister saying, Moses my servant is dead now, th- now therefore arise go over this Jordan thou and all this people and the land which I do give to them and to the children of Israel after it hold that in your spirit for a moment I will leave that scripture text for a little while and return to it towards the end of what I have to say today. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your blessings, God. Thank you for everything you've done, everything you're going to do today. God, I ask you to minister, Lord, every life, every heart, every soul today, God, that you would minister to our world. Help us, God, in your precious name. We give you praise, glory, and honor for Jesus' name. Again, thank you so much for being church today. Her name is Dorothy Limit, a British secretary who shocked uh, conventional society here in the Edward Times by becoming a race car driver. She was not only a race car driver, but she was a very good race car driver winning race after race. In 1906, she set the woman's world record by going 91 miles per hour in a speed trial at Blackpool, England. She was called the fastest girl on earth. Some of us broke that record this morning coming to church. And mean, amen. <laughs> that same year, she wrote a book entitled "The Women and the Car." It was described as a Chatty little handbook for women who wanted to learn to drive. In it Levitt championed the rights of women's motorists, saying there may be pleasure in being whirled around the country by your friends, your relatives, or in a car driven by your chauffeur, but the real the intense pleasure comes only when you drive your own car. Sister Ashley. Can I give it any But after her day. Among the driving techniques given in Levitt's book is this one: Women should carry a little hand mirror in a convenient place so they can hold the mirror aloft or at their side from time uh, from time in order to see behind while trapping, driving in traffic. So many people kept a little mirror on the seat beside them, occasionally holding it in the air. To find out who or what was following them. It wasn't until 1914 that the car manufacturers acted on Levin's suggestions and included a rearview mirror on vehicles as they began to sell them to the public with a rearview mirror. Now you might not have ever thought about the history of how we had a rearview mirror. You might have been like me and just took for granted that the rearview mirror has always been on the car. But lo and behold, as I began to do some looking and studying with this, I found out that was just not true. Went to 1960. Today, we're thankful for our rearview mirror. Thankful for our sideview mirrors. Because they have saved thousands of lives, including mine, and no doubt also yours. Remember, if we was heading to Texas this year, I don't remember exactly where we was at, but I just happened to look into my rearview mirror at just the right time to see the 18 wheeler in the front of it bucking up as it was slamming its brakes on and about to slam in the back of my vehicle. When I decided, brother, it would be a good time to get a gas and go. And been through the rearview mirror, I would have been smashed in the rear end that day. And I know it's hard to drive if we're just staring into the rearview mirror all the time and i know that that is a sermon all for itself for another time i'm very aware that when we're behind the wheel most of our attention should be devoted to the windshield with only occasionally glancing at the the mirrors whether it's the rearview mirror or the side mirrors and if some people were cars their side mirrors and their rearview mirrors would be missing Hear me out today. Because people refuse to look back. They say stuff like never back look never look back, only for. And I understand that there is a uh, multiplicity of quotes about the fact of how we never look back. You've heard me preach about how we can't live in the past and we can't stay there. If you can do a simple Google search today and, and you would find countless quotes about Never looking back And no doubt I have used many of them But today uh, We've got to understand That what's behind us And us moving forward Are not Equally exclusive today In fact I would probably And I'm going to argue The fact today that it's very important In order for us to move forward We've got to also look back You see, the car without mirrors is not safe on the road. Why? Because while you have to be able to look forward to move forward, we've also got to be able to look back sometimes to be able to move forward. Today on this last Sunday morning of 2019 and of this decade, I want to talk to us for just a few moments on looking back to move forward. Sometimes we just got to look back to be able to go forward. You see, I understand. It's a car. And and when we're moving, we're we're usually going to go in one direction and that's forward. Right? But like uh, like a car, you and I are designed to go from point A to point B and not in reverse but still let's think about the purposes of those mirrors on that car we need to know what's behind us sometimes maybe you've never done it but I know that I have jumped in the car not paying attention to the rear view mirror thrown it in reverse and just I've jumped in a vehicle and getting ready to pull out maybe you've had to pull over on the uh, on the interstate or on the side of the road, and you are getting ready to pull out, and you're about ready to pull out, and decide to glance at that mirror, and you're like, "Whoo! I'm glad I didn't pull out just then. Or right, I have been driving down the two, the four lane, and then all of a sudden I decided to change lanes. And as I'm pulling over, looking at my rear view mirror, seeing how close I got to that vehicle behind me because I wasn't paying attention to what was behind You see, what if we want to change lanes in a a car and driving, flying in our direction? What about the other critical uh, purposes of what the mirrors do? You see, mirrors, they're there for a reason. They're help to illuminate something that none of of us are like in our own lives, but we're thankful for in a car. And It is something that's called a blind spot. Perhaps you've been driving down the road and you, you've noticed the 18-wheeler. I know Brother Clemens drove uh, 18-wheeler a lot in his lifetime, and Brother Donnie has too, and there's there's signs on the trucks if you look on them and said, if you can't see me, I can't see you. What's he saying? He's saying you're in a blind spot of mine, and you need to be careful because although I'm going forward, I can't tell you're behind me. You see that the mirrors are made to illuminate our blind spots in a vehicle. But yet we don't always like to recognize the blind spots in our world. You see, you can try to parallel park without those mirrors and it's not an easy task. You can try backing into a space without a mirror. You can't get good at it, but I want to tell you what, there's just some things you can't see. Matter of fact, in, in doing some research with this, I have found that they're actually trying to eliminate the mirrors completely that everybody has a dash cam. No, I don't like that idea either. Especially since I had somebody tell me that if you have a dash cam and it goes out and you get pulled over, you get a ticket for it. Because it has to be in working order. You know why? Because they know the importance of you being able to see behind We need to see what's behind us. We need to see what's hidden from our sight to be able to reach our objective. Today, as we find ourselves on the last Sunday of 2019, with just a few days from a new year and a new decade, it should be a time for a year in and even a decade review in our lives. How many have been in church more than 10 years or right at 10 years? Some of us, maybe five. Maybe you've you've already seen it happening. If if you have a computer or if you have a phone, you'll you'll probably see anything within the news. You'll start seeing uh, the issues, the magazines, and newspapers, television shows that they usually relate to the the year's entertainment events or politics or current events that they're already putting out there in the year end reviews of what's, what's happened. And most of these images that we see on on television, magazines, or internet, they're usually set to, uh, a lot of times they're set to music, and, and uh, like if it's internet or tele, uh, television, they're set to music, and they'll go through a countdown of the, the top 10 things that happens in the year, and they make it real big, and, and uh, uh, you know, they're set to music, and all kinds of things about the famous people who's passed away, the significant things that's happened, and, and uh, all this kind of things, and, and I know that these uh, these presentations sometimes are funny and sometimes are quite emotional. Uh, uh, my phone and my iPad alike it is it, uh, you know this technology has gotten kind of so good I can look at my open up my pictures sometimes it'll actually give me a review of the last month's pictures and sometimes if you're on social media Facebook in particular you can go to it and it'll say uh though I haven't seen mine yet but no doubt for too long it's gonna be sorry having this little video that come up say you're in your end of year review and you can click on it and go through your most likes and all these most things and and, and, and it, it just happens, you know, just but these these things they're they're funny and sometimes they're very emotional. I know for some of us uh, this year, Brother Cliff and Sister Cheryl it might be some of the stuff that you see this year gonna be a little emotional because uh, there's loved ones that you've lost and, and I, I want to tell you sometimes I'll I, I go to that on uh, uh home, Facebook. I'll go to that. What's happened a year ago? Specifically around this time, and there's a lot of uh, stuff that we're doing where we take a lot of pictures. And I, I see people that was here that's not here no more. more. And I see people that was doing good uh, spiritually in different areas that they're not doing. It- it's kind of hard to see some of that stuff. But you know what? These things they inspire us to to look back over our past events of our lives. And and sometimes we find ourselves asking ourselves questions about. What we have seen and what we have learned, and we should ask those questions. And and this is usually, uh, it should be followed by some inevitable questions about, uh, you know, what does this new year hold for us? Uh, Are we hopeful about the new year? Are we maybe we're afraid of what might be coming? Maybe, uh, are are we determined that we're going to make some change in this new year? That I was talking about it earlier, you know, uh, you know, what have I done good? What have I, uh, what, what's happened this? I've done good and bad and what do I need to change? We need to ask them questions. And it is, it's not uncommon. As a matter of fact, I think it's absolutely necessity for a person to stop and take inventory about what is truly important to our lives. we got to take inventory of what's important in our lives. Right now, there's businesses that that, uh, they don't like this time of the year because this is their inventory time. That's why you see a lot of businesses and governments, they they don't do their end of the year. They do what's called the physical year. They do it in June because this time of the year is just too busy for them. It's too much work to be done, and that's why we don't like to take inventory because it is a lot of work. It is a lot of time consuming to sit and think about uh, the things of the year and all that kind of stuff. It's important that we look at what has what worked and what's not worked. To consider where we have been and where we're headed in our lives. And, and as this year comes to a close, and most of us are looking forward, we're making plans for the future. But I, I come to tell us today: in order for us to move ahead, we've got to be willing to look back at some things in our life. I have over the last two years, Brother Donnie, bombarded my mind with with books, audio, reading, and sermons that is that is uh centered around leadership and growth and, and going beyond where we are. And I have seen it numerous times the importance of setting and just reflecting about what's happening. The best leaders are always taking inventory and stock and their lives and asking and reflecting about where they are. And the best way to make improvements is for us to decide some things about what, what came before us, what's coming next, and, and how we're going to get there. In order for us to move forward, we've got to assess what we've learned about ourselves up to this point. George Santana famously warned, no doubt you've heard the quote, didn't know who said it, but he said, those who fail to learn the lessons of history are doomed to repeat it. It was Albert Einstein that penned the famous words that the definition to insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting Different results. Dale E. Turner says some of us, some of the best lessons we ever learn are learned from past mistakes. The error of the past is the wisdom and success of the future. Do you know why WD 40 is named WD 40? The 40th try. It was, was it Franklin Ben the light bulb? It's been Franklin. Who was, it? Who was it? Who? Edison. That's right. Thomas Edison. They did the light bulb. And each time he messed up, somebody said, talk about how the times that, you know, quit or whatever, and he made the statement something along these lines. He said, No, I've just learned how many different ways that don't work. We've got to understand that when the events of the past consume us, when the past just totally consumes us, we have little interest in the future at all. But learning the lessons of life is important to look behind us. As a matter of fact, learning the lessons of life is a very common theme that we see throughout Scripture. Scripture. There's way too many examples to to absolutely go over them all, but I want to look at just a few principles just from a few scriptures today to address the issue that we're talking about today. The scripture tells us that that God wants us to learn from our past. He don't want us to live in it. There's a difference between learning in your past and living in your past. And, and, And when we're stuck in the past, God... Uh, when, when Israel was stuck in the past, God told Israel in, his, in Isaiah 43, 18, and 19, He said, Forget the former thing. Do not dwell in the past. From different versions. I'm sorry, I didn't write down which one it was. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert, in streams, in the wasteland. He's telling us, Hey, let's forget it. You've been through some things. But let's use that as a uh, as an example of, of what not to do or an example of how we need to change. You see, God wants us to learn the lesson of the past. But Brother Donnie, he wants us to keep on moving. The Apostle Paul used the stories of God's people in the Old Testament to make the point that we are to learn from the past and in First Corinthians 10 11-13 he said now all these things happen to them for examples that they are written for an admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore let him that thinketh he stand and take heed lest he fall. There had no temptation taken you but such as common a man But God is faithful who will, will not suffer you to be tempted above when you are able but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bury it. You know what he said? He said, look, let's look at these old things and use them as an example of of, an admonition of how not to do things and and how to do things. We can use these things. And and this way he jumped to the next thing. He said, You know, you gotta be careful because you're thinking that you're standing, but you're gonna fall if you don't take heed. Take heed to what? Them examples. Examples of what we don't need to do an example of what didn't work in our life or the examples of what did work in our life and he, he let us know in verse 13 he said I'm telling you right now there's no temptation that's common to you this is what he's saying Amen. he said there's no temptation but such as common to man what he's saying what you're going through is not exclusively for you somebody's been there somebody's overcoming somebody's got beyond it and you can learn by your own mistake or somebody else's mistake. And I'm, he's, he's letting us know. He said, I'm telling you right now. There's no temptation that's so big you can't escape because God done brought somebody else out of it and he can bring you out of it too. See, God wants us to remember to carry life's important values that we learn into our future. I'm going to tell you, there's some major spiritual truths. And there's some major spiritual values that are worth carrying forward. We see Paul. It was talking about how Jesus was betrayed in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 through 26. He said, For I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which we was uh, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, "Take, this is my body, which is broken for you." This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, also he took the cup, when he had supped, saying, "The cup in the New Testament, in my, in, in my blood, this do you, and often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do to show the Lord's death to become." Well, probably most likely very soon, right here close to the end of the year, we usually try to do uh, uh, the sacrament, communion, foot worship, and all that stuff. And this is what Paul is referencing. He said, look, when we do that, why don't you take a little bit of a back?" I want you look in the rear view mirror a little bit of what Jesus done for you and when you're taking that bread you're remembering his broken body when you crunch it in your mouth and when you're drinking that juice you're remembering that blood that was spilled for you you're remembering that day that Jesus was betrayed and how he still taught him his friend. he's just telling us right here, Paul said yes the past gave us some death but look what we can learn from his death I understand that, that we have suffered some things this year We've been through some stuff this year Some people have taking two steps back And five steps forward There are some people that's took too many steps back It's still there There are some people that's took some steps forward But they forgot where God's brought them from And they need to be able to look back and recognize you're, If you're not careful you're going to get knocked back we got to understand something that that the mirrors are put on that car for our protection. To keep us safe. I have found in my, in my trade in life, period, but I see it so often played out in my trade as a machinist, that when I get to thinking that I'm doing good, I scrap a piece and I cost the company money. But I learned that when I reflect, if you know what happens, Brother Donnie? I get so confident in my ability to, to run the machines that I don't, have to, I don't have to check myself. And I might write a program or I might set a tool and think that everything's all right and then approach that and just hit a goal button or just turn a lever on that makes it go and not check it. And then, all of a sudden, when I do check it, I realize I should have checked it first. And see, this is what I'm talking about right now today. Before we step into a new year and think we've got everything wrapped up where it needs to be, we need to check the mirrors in our life. Amen. Check that rearview mirror and see what's following us. Because sometimes there might be a cop telling us. And that will remind us I need to slow down. I need to be careful. Sometimes we try to switch lanes in our life without first checking the mirrors and realizing I can't shift this yet because there's an obstacle in my way, and I've got to allow that thing to get out of the way of my life first. I want to tell you I've tried to switch. I've tried to uh, shift lanes in my spiritual life without checking, and I've caused a few crashes in my life. And today, I'm trying to help us go into the new year without some crashes in our lives. And I understand that when we're standing on the edge of something new, it's always scary. When we look into the future, we may think we know how it's going to play out, but what it really is, what bothers us, is the fact that it's unknown. No doubt, sometimes we probably wish we had a crystal ball or, or a time machine where we could just see what's ahead of us, but I want to tell you what, I think sometimes if we knew what was coming, it could be scarier than what we don't know. When we look back, we see our history, where we've come from, and you know what? That's a safe place a lot of times. It's, you see, now I know some of you may disagree with me, but some of us, even our hurts and pains, you're more comfortable with your hurt and pain than you are going forward because you know the pain of going forward is going to take you doing things that you don't want to do. So it's a lot more comfortable living the pain of the past than going to the pain of the future. You see, because the past is a comfortable place. It's a place that we have resided. It's a place that we've been. It's a place that's okay. And we're all right with it so it's a lot easier to live in the past and not learn from the past oh come on I'm just now fixing to get to where I'm going We've got to understand something. There's places that God wants to take us in 2020, but we've got to be willing to realize there's some things in the last year, in the last decade of our life that we've got to be willing to, to let go. We've got to look at it and pick it up and say, you know what? I'm done with it. we got to release it. we we got to recognize this is something I don't need to pack into the new year. I've been packing this thing too long. And such is the case in the text today that I've read to us. When Joshua, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake to Joshua the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, "Moses, my servant is dead." It was recognizing. He was recognizing. There's some things he's looking in the rearview mirror. Hey, I know Moses was an incredible leader. I know Moses done great things but he brought us uh, through the Red Sea but you know what Moses promised us a promised land that we've not got there yet yeah, we've we covered some ground with Moses. We've we done some things with Moses. We, we, you know, we we come out of a storefront and and now we're in a new building. We've had some growth. We've had some people. We've had some things happen. But come on, now we're stuck at the brink of Jordan, and it's time for us to go across Jordan. But we need to recognize in the past what we did in order for us to get across the Jordan. He said, "Moses, my servant, he's dead. Now, therefore, arise." Go over this Jordan now and this people into the land which I do give them, even the children of Israel. You know what? You know what God's telling Joshua? Look, Joshua, you, you've been there long enough. Come on. Come on, Joshua, you've been there long enough. You see, because Israelite in the past 40 years had been spent in the desert. Yeah, through through the desert, was though it wasn't a it wasn't a pleasant place, it was a familiar place. It was a safe place for the people of God. See, God had provided for them in that desert area. God gave them manna from heaven, He gave them quail to eat, He gave them water from a rock to drink out of. It was a comfortable place, it was a place that God had. Done great things for him, and it was an incredible place. But Sister, Sister Lois, they had dwelt there long enough. Because let me tell you what: we can get in spots in our life where we can just settle in and dwell there when God has got ideas that it's time for us to go into the promise that God has given us. And we get caught walking in circles in the promised land even though the shoes don't wear out and even though there's food for us to eat and there's water for us to drink we get caught in the circle of life and we get stuck there and we're not willing to look at why we're there in the first place and realize that hey, this is just a temporary spot and God wants me to go forward but if I'm not willing to embrace why I'm where I'm at now I'll never go forward. Yeah, they got food to eat Provided over the last 40 years. Incredible things had happened. God had brought them out of Egypt. They had seen the plagues uh, 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 that, that was on the, the Egyptian Dead Sea that had the Red Sea experience. Uh, they that, had that seen protection from Pharaoh and his army. Uh, you see, God, God had provided one of the best leaderships that there had ever been on the face of the earth with Moses. Never was there a man like Moses that spoke to God face to face, that gave us the Ten Commandments, that gave us uh, the Torah, the Old Testament uh, laws, and, and it never had there been a man like that. And he was led by a pillar of fire by night, and a, a pillar of fire by night, and a cloud by day. And he, and he had fellowship with them, he had given them the law. I'm sure the Israelites thought about uh, the past a whole lot. We know that at the time, they, uh, we even know that they at times they wanted to go back to Egypt where, where it was warm and secure and they had all that stuff. You know what? There's times, some, and I say prophetically in this place today that you're stuck living in the past. You think it's easier to pass than it is the future. I about that in the Holy Ghost. And God said it's time to get out of that spot. And the way we're going to get out of it is we've got to be able to look at where we are in these rearview mirrors. And we got to look at that great big windshield. You know, there's a reason that mirror is smaller than the windshield. Our past has to be smaller than our future. But nevertheless, that past is important because it's what pushes us and propels us into the future. All the heartaches of the desert life, I guess that. They were a bit concerned about leaving the desert after calling their home for 40 years. But God had more in store for them. God has more in store for us. He has a future planned out for us. He wants us to take the ground for him. To to do our part to see Marion and western Kentucky and even this world taken. And hallelujah. And that there's revival that happens to grasp the future we need to do some things in our world God had more in store for the Israelites than being desert dwellers I'm here to tell us today God's got more for Harvest House as a whole and as individuals in this church than to be desert dwellers like we have been for the last picked out from them. He had plans for them and he involved a nation of Israel crossing over from the desert into the new territory and taking ground for him. Verse 2 we read how he he told them it's time to cross the river into the land I'm about to give you. I didn't read it but verse 3 he said I'm going to give you every place where you set your foot that I promised to Moses. I'm going to give it to you. Amen. I'm telling you right now, there's a land that God has promised some of us in this building today. He said, you know what? It's time. It's time for us to leave the desert and cross over the Jordan. we got to cross over. I've got everything that's been promised to us in this church. It's time. Verse 4, he said, your territory is going to extend from the desert to the Lebanon and from the great river of the Thralis all the way to the Hittite country and the great sea and on west. He's telling them how big... How much more there is out there for them? Verse 5, he goes on and said, No one's going to be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. We are afraid that God's going to leave us and forsake us so it's more comfortable to stay in this desert land and to leave this spot, praise God, and go to the promised land and cross that Jordan River. Joshua chapter 3 verse 1 through 3 it said that Joshua rose early in the morning and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan and he and the children of Israel and lodged there before they passed over, uh, passed over the river and it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host and they commanded the people saying when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests and the Levites bearing it, then shall you remove from your place I love the King James render of these words And go after it. I want to tell you what needs to happen. In this church today. With some people. You've been there long enough. I've been here long enough. It's time to get up from where we are. And go after it. We've been here long enough brother Donnie. I've been at this spot long enough. I'm ready to go forward. I'm ready to move forward. But it was a Danish philosopher, Soren, uh, Kierkegaard, once said, most people don't understand that while life must be understood backwards, it can only be led forward. You can only understand your life by looking backwards at where you've come from in order to be able to know where you need to go. Amen. It's true. The individuals, the church, a nation, You see, behind them lay the bleak, horrible, dry desert. But before them, there was a river that was swollen out of its banks that blocked their entrance to the promised land where they could be free. This land had been their goal from the time they left Egypt. In so many years that some of them maybe could not even remember it as a matter of fact God had even said because you was not willing to embrace your future you're going to have to keep circling to everybody is dead except for Joshua and Caleb Amen. so some of these had only heard about the promise you know what some of our kids has only heard about the promises what God's got for us and brother Don it's time for us to leave where we are and go to a new place. All they knew was that they needed a land of their own. They they, they needed a place that they could call their own and become, have to create their own identity. And I'll tell you today, you know what? They, they had, had some good people they had followed Moses and all that, but now Joshua, he is a new leader and he was faced with a challenge a challenge unlike any that he had ever seen in his entire life and Joshua needed to lead them to a new and unexplored uncharted territory, but standing at the bank of that Jordan River he realized this was going to be a big task Amen. as Joshua glances over his shoulder I have to envision him as he stands on the brink of this river and he has the priest ready with the ark. I have to think that he probably glances over his shoulder, Brother Donnie. I don't know where they crossed. I don't, I don't know specifically the Bible tells because John, you see, Joshua had been crossed that river once. Him and 11 other spies had crossed that river. He knew what was over there. I'll tell you, there's some of us we've crossed that river. We just hadn't moved in yet. We've crossed that river. We know what it's like. We've we've seen the grapes. We've seen the honey. We've seen all the things that's over there. And, and you know what? They 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 had this flooded uh, uh, river in front of them. 80 years ago, they had been set out from Egypt. 40 years ago, standing at that very spot, they made a big mistake. They had been confronted with a with a choice, with a decision, with a challenge, and you know what they done forty years prior? They failed. And standing on the bank of that river, Joshua, he was confronted with a decision. And as he began to look back, the years of desert sands and the years of aimlessly wandering around in circles and in, in, in the wilderness this stuff absolutely was on his mind and he looked across that river knowing that on the other side there was there was cities that was armed there was cities like Joshua that was fortified there was all kinds of things staying in his way it was that that spot that Joshua realized You know, he said you know what I can't maintain the status quo we've had for a while that's no longer an option You hear me, church? I believe 2020 is a pivotal year for this church. Amen. You hear me today. It's a pivotal year for this church. This needs to be the year that this church breaks in and breaks out into a place that we've never been before. In 2012, we crossed that Jordan River. Some of you wasn't here, but in 2012, we crossed that. We tapped into averaging about 70 people. We tapped into that spot. But you know what? There was things that we just wasn't ready for at that time. And you know what? It drew, it drew, it Drives us back to that spot and what we've got to do, we've got to look back and learn from that experience and as pastor, I stand here and take the brunt of that upon my shoulder because what happened, Brother da- uh, brother David, was the fact that we was not prepared to, to lead the people that was there. We was not prepared for that group of people that come influxed in and as I preached about and talked about the foundation earlier, we didn't drive a foundation in the people. So I promise you as this new year begins, I was telling over over there. I said, I'm fixing to take us, and I'm fixing to bring us all back down to that common ground at the foot of the cross. I don't care who you are and where you've been. Nobody's any better than anybody else in this place. At the foot of that cross, every one of us are sinners. At the foot of that cross, every one of us was lost and died and undone. But i think He even that tomb for you and he was resurrected for everybody in this place and we got to understand something we're fixing a crossover over into the promised land and we're not going to do it praise God, we're going to be knocked back if we don't look at our past hallelujah, look at the rear view of our past and understand for us to move forward we've got to learn from our mistakes At <laughs> that spot when Joshua realize it's time to go You know what they've done? This time. They didn't go in there and spy out the land. You know what they've done this time? Let's send out the glory first. They put that glory on the place that it rests and resides. On the priest. The leadership. As they stepped into that water. I have to envision, no doubt, the that the priests as they would begin to step in that water. You have to envision this. Again. The water, bashing, as history tells us, it was as full as it ever going to be. It was out of its banks. It wasn't just this river. It was this almost like ocean again that they were facing. it. And each time, these priests begin to take steps. The water, just like they did the Red Sea, just begin to push out of the way. They had learned. Joshua had learned from the mistakes in the past. And he learned the fact that they come back and, 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 and try to say, okay, you know, you think we can do it, we can't do it. No, Joshua's like, I'm not doing it this time. I'm gonna tell you what we're gonna do. We're going through it this time. We're gonna, I'm telling you right now, we're gonna have the Bible in Harvest House in 2020. With or without you, we're gonna have the Bible, but we're gonna find some people to suffer. we're gonna find some people to death. For. we're gonna get some people, and then we're gonna do what we're gonna do, we're gonna put the glory on the leadership of we're start walking you know what we all get the idea that they walked across the river and stood on the other side as everybody else passed all they would stood in the middle of it they went stood in the middle of the raging river as everything was going on and they waited till everybody got past and then joshua he said don't give me 12 stones and put them in the middle of it And that way, when these kids come back and say, What mean these stones? We can let them know that's a glimpse of your past to show you that your future is secure. Amen. These stones are here to recognize and let you know that we've been through this and you don't have to go through that and how you can get through it. Amen. There's nothing that you're facing in your life that somebody already. Because I read the scripture earlier that that uh, uh Peter that Paul said in the Corinthian church, he said, There's no sin that's common to you. I'm sorry right now. You may think your situation is the worst one in the world, and nobody's ever had one like me. You. you know what? You're wrong. Amen. Somebody's in there. Somebody's in here. Amen. Anybody, anybody ever anybody heard the book, Girl Wills She You ever heard that book? Can't believe that some of you have not heard about it. It's called Girl Worship Face. It's by um, gosh, her name is, i lost your name. I just finished up listening to the book, a really good book called Leadership John Maxwell at the end of it. They would have a leadership seminar and this woman um, who wrote this book, Girl Worship Book, Worship Face, uh, you do a Google search later and you'll find out this thing is like, it's so mean, and a of copies in like a year. The woman who wrote this book. I, I, at the end of this, they had this in the book that I listened to. Uh, she got up and she began to uh, uh, speak in this seminar. And, and John Maxwell was her uh, uh, one of her uh, mentors, that uh, he rose and it inspired her to, to uh, make her life better. But she began to. Uh, uh, is it Rachel Hollis for worship? Thanks. There you go. her just think about it. Rachel Hollis is her name. Uh, if you've not got these, specifically you ladies, it's supposed to be a book for to help ladies very much. You should get that book and read it. Uh, I haven't read it. I think Beth has been reading it. It's supposed to be a really good book. But the point I'm trying to make is this, that this woman, she has no college education. She has no writing classes whatsoever. But she said, I was listening to this, and after the book, she was saying, I'm telling you right now, all I've done is gotten hungry to be hungry. And I figured out that all I have to do, there's a great, great resource out there, which is, I'm going to tell you what it is. It's G L E. You know what that is? It's called Google. And she Googled the things that she was wanting to grow in, and she began to find all these leadership people, and she began to watch, read books. She began to watch YouTube videos and all this stuff and now then this woman said this year, this is 2018 she, her company and they're again understand this thing been about two years okay? her company is going to close out the year with eight figures they turned into multiple books and she said they're on track to double that for 2019 what are you trying to say I'm trying to tell you right now that if we're going to go Farther in this next year. There's some things we need to do. Number one, we've got we've got to make sure that uh what you gotta ask yourself some questions. We'll give you some questions, I'm gonna we'll close here today. Well, I want you to ask yourself these questions. What defined you the most the past year? What defined you the most this past year? That's gonna be determined what you going to be next year with. You, you got to look at yourself, and, and let me tell you what. What? If one thing I've learned over the last year and a half, I'm talking to somebody the day talking to um, let me, tell you, I'm not saying I'm not God's got me changed. I got a lot more change to do. But I to tell you what's changed me more than anything else in the last two years of my life is pure, unadulterated honesty with me. I've taken a good look in the mirror, brother really Don. You know what I've realized? There's things in your life, talking about me, look in the mirror, there's things in your life you need to fix. My wife can't fix it. My bishop can't fix it. There's things you have to fix. And I had to look at myself and say, what's defining you? We we need to make a list of those defining moments of last year and how, how, how they portray who you are. What kind of impact did they have? And and how how have they changed you? We need to reflect on that stuff. And and then we need to uh, ask ourselves this question. What people have you encountered and what did you learn from them? You know what we're doing? We're reflecting on what the last year. We're looking in this rearview mirror. We're looking back to be able to propel us to the future. And, and, And some of those that we have met, we've encountered this year, they made us worse. And there's some we've encountered this last year, they've made us better. And we've got to ask ourselves what lessons have we learned or not learned from the people we've encountered? And I'm gonna say another one that is gonna to apply to everyone in this place, but some don't embrace it. What books did I read, and what have I what have they taught me? Most so people say, I don't like reading books. If you don't like reading this book, you're going to have a hard time getting ahead. Man, yeah. Today, you may say I can't read good. There's no excuse today. You download the Bible app. Everybody in this room got a phone. Everybody sitting in this room right now has got a phone. Every has got the internet. All you got to do is download that Bible app, and all you got to do is push play, and it'll read it to you. Amen. Now I'm going to tell you what, if you want to go farther than that, then you need to get some good apostolic authors or good, credible authors and begin to read them books. And you check know, somebody said, I don't like reading books. Well, I'm going to tell you right now. I was talking about a while ago that you're not the explosion. I hate reading. I despise reading. I wish to goodness my wife had it through my head years ago to where I am right now. When I finish reading the bishop's book, I'm going to have read 25 books this year. I've listened to almost 49 audiobooks. I have listened to hundreds, if maybe not even over a thousand, preachers in these preaching sermons. Why are you doing that, sir, Lord? Because I don't want to be who I've been a decade ago when I started Amen. this thing. I want to be more. I want to be what God's called me to be, and I know that that we become the books we read. Somebody said, I don't like reading. Well, guess what you're doing if you don't like reading? And you're sitting there, and you're scrolling through Facebook, and what are you doing? If you're sitting there scrolling on Facebook. You're not just looking at pictures. We're talking about here. You're reading some of that stuff. Don't tell me you don't like reading. Amen. Or, Lord, you're being mean. I'm not being mean. I'm being real. And if you want to change, and you want this, you want to go into this new year, uh, you're gonna have to look back and realize he's right. Well, now I'm gonna tell you, I picked up that phone more than once and more, so read through a news feed or a Facebook feed that's blow, that that's made my day a bad day. Right? As Dr. Seuss eloquently said, the more that you read, the more things you will know. The more that you learn, the more places you'll go. <laughs> Number four. Where did I succeed best? I, I seriously want us to ask these questions. If you're if you're not wanting to write it down, if you'll ask me, I'll I'll text you these questions to you later. I think over the next two days, we're about to close out this year. Ask yourself these questions. Where did I succeed? Make a list of all your biggest accomplishments this year. Even those that seem to be the smallest ones that you can find. And I, this is not me, this is not original. This is this is things that I've been reading, things that I've found, things that I've gleaned, and I, this is this is not coming to me. This is stuff I've learned. This, this, I'm, I'm hoping it's gonna make it better. We ask ourselves this question, number five, where did I fail? See, this is looking in that rear here. This is looking in the past, to go forward. Because if I don't know where I failed, it's what I get to a certain. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna fail. If I don't know, where, if I'm not honestly, it's that it's that. Uh, that net I was talking about earlier if I'm not honest enough to realize that the reason I'm not getting no draw with that net is because there's a hole in my net and I'm not willing to be honest to fix that net then I'm going to be doomed to repeat pulling in empty drags every time I come to church every time I pray every time I try to deal with people there's places that we have all failed in our life and we've got to get beyond that what didn't work this year Number six, I know this is something that's hard for every one of us, and it's is something that at the end of this year that is not what I want to do at the beginning of the year. I failed this one. How did I treat myself when it came to my mental health, physical health, spiritual health, and emotional well-being? I failed some of those. I had planned to lose X amount of weight, and guess what I did this year? I've done some extensive long fast, and then since I have pasted another like I think I'm going to to here. Probably weigh a few pounds more than I did beginning begin with. I failed, and I've got to look at this past year with myself and realize what do I gotta do to fix it. Yep. Just a few more. What can I improve on? Huh, There's a lot of things I've I'm been in my life. Make a list of those things that we want to improve. Look to see where we can do better. This next year, where we can uh, uh, fix a little things. And the way to make a major impact is we've got to get serious. We've got to get serious about improving ourselves. I want to tell you right now there are some people that I've captured and I have tried my best to say, look, you can be more, you are more, and you can do better. With Sister Michelle, we've got it goes back to us, We've got to be honest and we've got to see ourselves for what we really are, and we've got to actually say, Yeah, I didn't do well with this. What do I need to stop? What's not working for you? We're talking about the talk about my health. I tell you what's not working for me is going to that candidate after nine months. Let me get more real. i tell you what's not working for me. is after 9 o'clock, open up a phone or turning on the TV. It's not working for me. That's not helping me spiritually. You know what's not working for us is when, That's the first thing we pick up in the morning. What, what, what do we need to stop? There's some things we need to stop. There's some friends you need to stop messing with. There, 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 there's some shows you need to quit watching. There there's some things that just need to stop. What isn't working? And maybe you're carrying too much love. Maybe you're working too much. Maybe, you know, we we take a sermon there. And a couple more things. What can we be grateful for? What can we look back through this year and be grateful for? I'm, this year, I'm, I'm grateful for everything that's called me. pain. You may think I'm crazy. What I'm more grateful for this year than, I'm, I'm dead serious, what I'm more grateful for than anything else in this year is everything that's caused me pain this year. I love, I'm grateful for my wife and my family, but I'm going to tell you, because of the pain that I felt this year, I feel like, and I may be wrong, but just evaluating myself, I feel like I've grown more this year than I ever have in my life because of the pain that I've suffered. Amen what are you grateful for? And it's not just pain. It's all kinds of things. And last year, definitely not least, is what do I need to start? What do I need to start? Sister Cheryl read something on, on social media. She said this person was asking for suggestions about good habits that she could start in the new year. And this woman was asking, she said, "My, She said this, she's making this plan. She said, This is my plan for the new year. That every month I'm going to work on starting a new good habit. So she's going to try to add 12 new habits to her in this new coming year. That's good. That's a good idea. I like this. And I, I, I guess I'm not, I don't know who that was. Maybe it's somebody she's friends with to school work, whatever. And uh, I, I wanted to go, I'd like to go back and find it. What's the people telling me? Because if it's a good habit that somebody else is doing that may help me, I want to do it. I, I close with this scripture today. I know I've been in the middle of peace. Preach, treats, mow, pasture, mow, whatever. this is me. This is my passion. This this is I, I don't want to stay in the wilderness. Man. Sister, Sister Bell, I don't want to stay. I don't want to stay walking around in circles. I, I want to be Samson. Hear me out. First, he I want to be Samson. Samson thought he was big enough that he didn't need anybody else. He you know what he found himself doing? He found himself blinded, going around in circles, just like the children of Israel, had been grinding them. But finally, they decided they were next to make support with him. Now listen what listen what Samson done. Yeah, his eyes was gone. His sight was gone. That's a picture of the church right now. We've got an older generation that they don't see like our younger generation that's coming up. Y'all yeah, know we got some millennials and Gen Z's that's nuts and crazy, but we got some phenomenal young people that's coming up. Yes. You know what he done? Samson said this. The young man that was with him he said, "Lead me to the pillars." He was willing to face the fact that he couldn't see as good as he used to, and to reach back to a generation that had the strength and the vision to take him where he needed to go. Amen. God's blessings, are incredible young Amen. May be us. We need them. Amen. But Samson was willing to learn from his past to allow someone to help him. If if Santa would allow somebody to help him in the past, his mom and daddy tries to say, So, why are you doing this stuff? Amen. You know, you're not supposed to do that. But he learned from his lesson, he learned his lesson by looking in the past. And the Bible says that at his death, he killed more Philistines than he did in the time of Eliab. I close with this today, Philippians 3, verse 12 through 14. Not as though I had already attained, you stand with me. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth from those things which are before, I press towards the mark of the pride of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You might have said, Well, the Lord, that's the scripture says forgetting those things in the past. He does say forgetting those things in the past. But you can't forget something that you don't recognize. Amen. In order to forget something, you first have to come to terms with it. If you don't, you'll never forget Amen. There's some that needs to forget them, yes, that you feel like somebody owes you. You need to forgive them. So we can forget it. You need to there's some I don't know, I'm not going go there. I've been long enough. I'm done with it. I I want us today to come, pray at your seat, and let's just talk to God. Let's take a reflection moment on the altar today and say, God, remind me of where you brought me from. Remind me of the things that I don't need in my life. And God, I'm asking you to help me, Lord, to go from where I am to where I need to be, God. Lord, help me to take time to look in the mirrors. Find my blind spots. See what's following me that don't need to be or does need. God help me to look behind me and see the path that I've taken. Perhaps it may be somebody here today. When you look back, you look back, you realize that you've traveled down a path that you need to go back down and retract where you've been. And you need to go. You took the wrong turn. Come on, let me tell you what. If you're going in the wrong direction, you can't keep going that way. You've got to turn around. And you've got to go back and pick up where you need to go. And let's turn. And let's go a different direction. Come on. This year ain't all been bad. It ain't all been good. But we can take what we've learned and take it in the year of 2020. And we can get ourselves uh, a brand new vision. And we can get focused in on what God wants for us in this new coming year. And we can see some great and some mighty and some incredible things happen. So come on. Let's talk to Jesus today. Oh, come on. Let's talk to him. Let's love him. God help us today.